Welcome to the podcast where we talk all about love. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Carly Ann. Let's be honest, nobody taught us about the challenges that come with finding and keeping healthy, happy relationships. Nobody warned us of the courage that you need to put yourself out there when dating, or gave us the tools to manage anxiety, or told us what the hell to do when we got ghosted. As two coaches working in this space, we want to open up the conversation and give our take into the real, messy, amazing, sometimes tiring and frustrating, but mainly an extraordinary journey that comes with creating the secure, lasting relationships that you deserve. Welcome back, guys, to the podcast all about love, the dating, healing, and attachment podcast. And we are so happy to be back for season two. You can see we've upgraded our vibe. We're no longer looking like Mrs. Trunchbull sat at home (laughs) on Zoom. We're here. We've committed. (laughs) Some of those episodes in the past, I genuinely look back on. And think I'm kind of proud that I don't mind showing up on camera yeah. like that. On Instagram in front of thousands of people. Yeah. Literally with a scrapey top knot, my dog barking in the background. And also like I feel like it's a theme, like the Monday hangover from when we recorded was so apparent. But Carly's got a three day hangover guys, so I'm actually hot and sweaty, <laughs> but it might be because we <laughs> because we've just started but I do have a th- when I say three-day hangover I mean I drank on Saturday it's now Tuesday and I still am feeling it but I think that's age I think that's because we're old now old and boring old and boring mm. but you might have noticed a new name slightly yeah, slightly. yeah. no well it's, the, it's still all about love but when we were kind of actually figuring out what we love to chat about and what are most of the questions we get and stuff like that of course, it's about dating, it's about relationships, but a lot of it is about healing, attachment styles, and kind of, you know, even a bit of manifesting, but that's that's a given. We haven't shoved that into the name, because I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> we care a lot, though. Yeah, I'm not sure it fits in the character count. <laughs> but I'm so excited about today's topic. This is all about situationships, which is such a buzzword on Instagram. I mean, it defined most of my dating experience at least, but this is about, we're going to be talking about what are situationships, can they be a bad thing, can they be a good thing, when does it get toxic, and please stay tuned for the end because we're going to be giving five or six topics on if you are in a situationship or you do find yourself kind of you know, going back to them or you want to get out of them, actually how we can start to break free of that if it is no longer a positive experience for you. Yes, love that. So what is the situationship for you? Let's give it a definition. For me, so I'm just going to go with what immediately comes to my mind. Mm -hmm. And I know that we'll talk about our experiences as well. But it is just this phase of a relationship. It is a relationship because Mm -hmm. there are two people involved. Mm -hmm. So there's some kind of relationship going on. But it's yet to be labelled. It's yet to be discussed maybe what it is. It's this kind of in-between stage of a relationship. It's like the grey area, isn't it? It's a grey area. But I do... 
I'm going to go back to it again. It is a relationship. Like, and I don't mean in terms of long-term, two mm-hmm. committed people, because that's the other thing, right? There's lack of commitment at this stage, mm-hmm. if it's a stage, because it might not go on to another stage. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost its own thing. So it's not like, it doesn't have to turn into that relationship, but it seems to be a bit more transient, a bit more temporary, whether that's then you decide that you want to commit or whether it's because actually you're not ready to be in a relationship but I yeah for me it's like the not using labels we haven't made exclusive like you can keep things quite separate so you're not involved in each other's lives and this is probably my own bias coming through but for me when I think of situationships I just like think of inconsistent behavior yeah smacks of uncertainty is what it is for me but that's because in my head they're probably like slightly more toxic than positive because of my own experience I think this is the thing but maybe this is part of the conversation isn't it is are they toxic are they negative are they Mm. this bad thing I kind of do feel like if you're listening to a podcast on situationships perhaps it's not the kind of relationship that's gradually what's the word like developing into something else Mm -hmm. because like when it's a relationship that's developing into something healthy, developing into something good, that kind of goes at this like nice pace. Mm. You kind of know what's happening. You're not needing to seek out information on the podcast. No, but I think that's the difference because there's dating with intention yeah. because you want to be in like a healthy, happy relationship. And then there's the situationship stage where like you slide into it it's maybe less intention you don't know where it's going and it is confusing yeah and I think even (laughs) us right we're two dating and relationship coaches that have these kind of different ideas even ourselves can be you could convince me of something else about a situation ship right now but it's because they are confusing and I think that's really important. So if you are looking for the answer to, well, what is this relationship that I'm in? Where is this going? Actually, there's only one place you can find that out. The other person? Yeah, the other person. <laughs> perhaps a bit of time, but I say that very, very carefully if you're a year into a situationship or over three months. Um, you know, if it's one month into a situationship, let's say, a little bit yeah. of time is going to let you know where this is going. But if it's beyond a certain time frame... Yeah, if you're going with the, flow, <laughs> the silence, is it all? <laughs> if you're going with the flow to the extent that, like, your past five months dating somebody, you've like given all the benefits of being in a relationship without the commitment, and you actually want more, then this is the podcast for you. Five months, you're being really kind. I think. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to be nice. If it was my clients, <laughs> I'd say like two. <laughs> okay um but I find it interesting so I'm going to sound so old now but when I was doing the research for this so this is what Gen Z call like the gray dating stage and I think it's because they don't perhaps like labels as much they are more flowy they're more like we'll see what happens but apparently in the I'm going to read this the tinder year in swipe report for 2022, noted a 49% increase in members adding the phrase situationship to their bios, with young singles saying they prefer situationships as a way to develop a relationship with less pressure. So, do you remember on Facebook you could put situationship? Could you? Yeah. I remember like putting it's complicated. Oh, oh, maybe it's it's complicated. Oh my God, yeah. 
was it that god age sorry There's... keep saying how old we are <laughs> no we're not that old but everyone knows what you feel like in your mid-30s I wish you used to have like in a relationship with a friend yeah if I see people add in a relationship <laughs> now I'm like what is happening but anyway that's, a, that's another podcast for another time yeah. your experience of have we gone there have I gone too quick did I just skip oh can I just gen z yeah they're the younger ones after us yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so we're technically millennial and gen z are like younger okay it's gen I think gen z is like 18 to something okay so like some, young young yeah like not not sort of 30 plus and you know what let's do our experience because we're mm-hmm. not we're not being super negative about situationships I can hear some of what Gen Z, Gen Z like it's a person is saying. <laughs> um, your experience with situationships? Um, well, that was all. That was all I had. That was all my experience. Like, you know, as you know, I think my husband was my first proper boyfriend. I think I dated. I did not know, did not that. know that. Yeah, I'd never had a relationship. Like it was always I dated constantly. And there was always someone on the go. There's always, like, somebody there. But I was never in a relationship. I think, like, I maybe got close once um, where, like, we were, like, seeing each other for a month, then broke up, then he wanted to, like, get back in touch, get back together. Then I booked a one-way ticket to Australia. That was definitely my me being, like, I do not want this. Yeah. But obviously I went back there anyway. Um that was the closest yeah my first like boyfriend like proper relationship was my husband I did not know yeah. that that's brand new information yeah but that's why it felt so weird and like horrible because I went all that time never having the label of having a boyfriend which made me feel like a bit of a failure or like like I was a weirdo like you know like all that chat about being left behind literally because never had a boyfriend I know we're going a little bit off topic but I had two serious relationships, like my first Mm. love, which I don't know, yeah, serious relationship, but you're very young. Yeah. Then I had another one in my sort of mid-twenties. Yeah. And after that second one ended, I was never that afraid of Mm. not finding someone again, but I knew it's because I had that experience. Yeah. So I really do, I recognise when people are in their 30s and haven't had that serious relationship before. Yeah. I know because they haven't had that previous experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you feel like a weirdo and it's almost getting to the goal of having a relationship became, it was almost like the fixation on the term boyfriend. Yeah. But for me, it never, um, it never got, I would do like a couple of months, three months maybe, like seeing somebody, but it would be, I wouldn't be able to say what I was looking for, what I wanted, wouldn't be able to have any sort of conversation about where it was going but we'd be like hanging out or it would, you know, we'd be going on dates and then it would get to like, you know, Netflix and chill or it'd be, you know, more casual. You're still like there, you're still waiting for them to text. You're still hoping it's going to develop into something. Was there a pattern in how they ended for you? Ghosting. Them, Them ghosting or you? Yeah, they'd usually them. They'd usually be like a fade ghosting there wouldn't normally be like a big conversation it would just like start to disappear unless they were really nice and liked me Mm -hmm. and then obviously I would end it 
Yes, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That's another topic, isn't it? Because my experience is I've got these two different times of being single. Mm. There's my early 20s when I was single and then my like 30 to 34. And there were two really different experiences. The first early 20s, I was just going out, getting drunk, kissing boys, <laughs> crushing, <about>. on, <laughs> crushing on people. And I wouldn't even say they were situationships. I mean, they were a little bit, but like I was just crushing on people. Yeah. That's when I, yeah. But then the second time it was really different because I was dating people and they were technically situationships. But it's really strange because we were dating and then they would end it just before they reached the relationship point. Yeah. Like it's not like, it was like this eight-week period. Mm. Then they would end. Usually I would call them out for like the slow fade. Interesting you called them out. Yeah, I, I would like call out, but I think that was my anxiety in that I couldn't let things play out naturally. Yeah. I would, as soon as I felt that shift, I would somehow bring it up. And then, but then there would be contact with them on and off mm -hmm. until I met the next one. Yeah. Yeah, they were all just lurking in the yeah. background, I'd say. <laughs> but it was often I would reach out as well or they would reach out. But they were like quite, it did feel toxic because with me, when a situationship would come to an end, that's when I would really hook onto them. That's when the crush would start. That's when I would be convinced they were the one that's when I wanted them more. Mm. Yeah, I definitely remember that, like, when it was ending, if I didn't feel like it was on my terms or it lived up to its potential, I would obviously, like, go into, like, you want what you can't have, why aren't I good enough, what's wrong with me, all that stuff. And it kind of became about, like, the winning or yes. the, like, the always, like, try, like trying to kick it into the shape of a relationship to prove something to myself yeah I used to call them relationships yeah. I mean probably now if the term was a bit sort of more known then mm. I probably would have said situationships but interesting I remember going to therapy so I know this sounds really extreme yeah. but this is where my healing journey started is because the situationship I had after this relationship ended at 29. It hurt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's so crazy. But this is literally, this is where I, you know, I talk about Nat Lu. Yeah. Dano did her book in the middle of the night. Like this is when it really started because I could see the crushing start again. And I was like, how am I back here? How am I having this experience again? I'm, I probably had turned 30. I was about to turn 30. But this situationship ending was more painful than the five-year relationship that it just ended. And I was just like, got to go to therapy, <laughs> clearly. And plus I could just see these patterns. And anyway, I remember her saying to me that often it is these short-term ones that will hurt more because you didn't get to see how it ended. You didn't get to see it play out. Whereas the other relationship, you saw how that played out. It came to its end. Whereas this one, all the dreams you had for it, all the things you were picturing that just come to this sudden end mm. yeah I had I met somebody where it was and I'm so grateful and thankful for it now and I always call them the ghost of the broke the camel's back but um mm -hmm. this is was, this guy yeah oh god I want to name him it was the it was like 
a couple of months like you know you meet in like an organic way you're out and it's basically like what's it like you're both very you're wounded in opposite ways like being drawn together so much Mm -hmm. he told me he was unavailable I thought no you're not told him all the reasons why he wasn't you know all that bullshit um but like when I saw that going the same way that was when I had that moment where it like um you're right to spoil your coffee all over you that was where I um had the moment where I was like I can't do this again I was like this is it this is this is now or never guys and that and that was in oh that was in Ibiza um at the yoga retreat and you know I'm going back there this year as a speaker yeah I did know that which is so exciting so yeah guys the straw the ghost that broke the camel's back changed my life on this yoga retreat I'm now speaking there are tickets available it's an amazing place will I'll link that um in the bios but yeah like incredible start to my journey but have you ever had then a situationship where you have felt in control empowered and positive can I just say really quickly just Mm -hmm. whilst it's on my mind that just for anyone who is listening whether it's the pain of a situation that's brought you to this episode like both of us our experience is things really switched from this experience so who knows like the pain that you're feeling who knows where you're going to be in a few years what's it called like the dark night of the soul yeah but also because I was listening to something the the other day where it was like it was Joe Dispenza and he was just saying it is these like heartbreaks these bad moments in your life that usually turn into something incredible um okay a situationship where I felt empowered empowered maybe right at the time when I believed this could be something maybe then but in hindsight it's hard to remember feeling empowered Mm. compared to how I feel now Mm. in a relationship but that's interesting because you're still then approaching the situationship or the dating experience as a way for it to turn into a relationship. And what I think a lot more people now, and I think a way for it to be really positive and to be really empowering is to say, actually, I'm not in the space where I want to commit the time, the investment, the like emotional whatever that I would need to be in a relationship. So this is really suiting my needs for what I want at the moment and then you have the amazing benefits of like getting on with somebody of going on dates having you know hopefully good sex and not having the like the pressure of the commitment so if you're going in with your eyes wide open I think that is really positive I spent many of my situationships Mm. saying out loud I just want to have fun actually no it is I just am having fun like why is it them that would just have fun and I was fully lying to myself (laughs) (laughs) but fully lying to myself and just making excuses to keep messaging these people to keep seeing them and I I think there might have been some times when I meant it and I'd even listen to podcasts like this and be like they've got no idea what if I just want to have fun and if that is genuinely true, or if you are in that stage that I was then of convincing yourself, we're not here to convince you otherwise. No, but that's what I mean. Like, it, the first point in any of this work is actually getting clear to yourself, being really honest, leaving the noise and the bullshit at the door, 
and if you and I do think sometimes like if you know you want a relationship eventually and let's say you're 30 plus but actually you feel it in your bones you don't have the space or the capacity for a relationship own that don't be scared of that as well I sometimes think we always feel like we're going to be on a path to wanting a relationship and there are so many times in life where we don't have to have one and we don't want one so if you're in that space own it but if you're pretending and lying to yourself that you just want to have fun you don't care about whatever and you're going to use these dating examples as a way to sort of hope it's going to turn into something then you're setting yourself up for more heartbreak I'd say also I used to find it really hard to have like anything with someone that I didn't really fancy because I get but I guess this is like the friends with benefits argument isn't it yeah is is can you get into this without feeling without emotion Mm. so I guess as soon as there's emotion involved then you things change a bit yeah but and I think it's the it's again I think it comes back to whether you believe if you are genuinely not in the space for relationship it doesn't matter about the person it's about your situation isn't it yeah so I think it's again well yeah it's just go and do a bit of like reflection and there's no way you have to feel just be really honest with yourself would you say like the if I think back to the early dating stages of my current relationship mm. before we were officially in a relationship that's a situationship mm, I think it's I I don't think a situationship is like just early dating stages I think for me a situationship would be you both say look I don't really want anything in terms of commitment at the moment okay so when you it's it's you defining the parameters of what you're in saying that you don't necessarily want the commitment for me yes yeah yeah and it has to kind of be you know it can be a bit vague at the beginning and then you have to have the conversation about what you want and where it's going and if you want something more and they say no I don't want the commitment and you stay in it that's situationship I'm glad we clarified that I know we did the definitions (laughs) but because I don't think most people and if you're listening and I've got this wrong, please send us a message and that's great. Love to know more. I don't think most people are listening are having this conversation about those clear parameters with the other person. See, I think it turns toxic when the parameters kind of aren't outlined and gets or it gets broken or one person really wants something the other person doesn't. That's when it becomes an issue. And I think that is what most of our listeners are most likely to be experiencing isn't it is when it's starting to become if it isn't already toxic yeah painful messy there's no conversation you're not speaking up about your needs you're not saying I like you like that's what I would never do I'd never say to the person I like you Mm. I want this to go somewhere yeah well it's a it's an awkward conversation to have or it can be. We've got a podcast episode. Well, on yeah, that. go back and search, guys. Um, <laughs> but it can be a really awkward conversation to have. But it also it it means that you have that conversation, knowing that there is the fear that you could lose them, that they could turn around and say that's yeah. not where I'm at, or you know, um, you feel like having that ten percent of them is better than not having any of them at all, or it's kind of or you've been used to, or really you don't see why anybody would want anything more than you. You don't see why anybody would want to be in a relationship with you. This, you think this is all you're going to get. 
I am going to put it out there that I feel, knowing who we both work with, our audience, that most people unfortunately are going to be experiencing the toxic experience. Mm -hmm. If any of you are in a place where you are, yeah, outlining those parameters, saying what it is that you want, what you don't want, like, I love that. Mm -hmm. I've got so much time for that. I don't feel that that's where, it's not where I was. I don't feel it's where most people are. It's definitely a good place to aim for. Mm. Again, though, I'm going to put it out there and say that I believe that for those of our listeners that aren't in a relationship are looking for a long-term relationship. Maybe this is where the Gen Z comes in because (laughs) let's be honest, our demographic is, what, probably 28 plus who do eventually want the marriage, want the kids, potentially, like, are looking for that, more of that commitment. So if they're dating, they're dating in line with that, or that's where they want to get to. So if they're in a situationship, as you said, it's not because of a matter of choice. If they meet somebody they like and they get on with enough to do relationship things, they want it to go somewhere. Yeah. So what are your tips then for getting out of a situationship that doesn't feel good or feels toxic or is confusing or whatever you I feel like you've done a good job of explaining probably the first tips that I would give and that is to just get really really honest with yourself like literally you have to write down what it is that you are looking for you have to say it out loud to someone this is what I want this is what I really truly see for myself desire wish for but that can be really risky because one what will other people think if I'm not there yet two what will the person that I'm in a situationship think like am I going to lose them and so many other risks that I think that we experience just through being honest with ourselves I would say that has to be the first thing. The only thing is if you are really into someone right now and it is a situationship and it's been a situationship, I get the risk of saying it out loud that I want a long-term relationship, especially if you know in your gut that this person is not that. I think that brings it onto the the only really other, like the key tip we can bring, which is you've got, to have a conversation with that person it's all very well saying to yourself I want a relationship or putting on a vision board or whatever if you're in a situation that isn't going to be yeah no so let me before so I'm not saying put it on a vision board Mm. or manifest it Mm. I'm saying like self-reflection yeah you need to be able to admit what you want because if you're like I was, for example, Mm -hmm. saying I just want to have fun and deep down you're, not even deep down, you're going home and crying each night and checking your phone nonstop for this person because you do want to be in a relationship with them, you have to say that out loud. Yeah. I, I used to try and, like, trick the universe. I'd be like, yeah, I just want to have fun because I'd heard, like, when you're looking, it's going to happen. When you're not looking, it's going to happen. Yeah, and <laughs> you know what I would say? Because it can be really scary because... If I say this out loud, I then have to take action and end it with this person or whatever it is. Just say this to yourself. I'm going to be honest with myself about what it is that I'm looking for, what it is that I want. It doesn't mean I have to take action. doesn't mean I have to end it with this person. doesn't mean I have to have the scary conversation. I'm just going to start by saying it out loud to myself. 
Okay, see, my number two tip is say it out loud to the other person. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then say it out loud to the other person. Yeah, like for me, the bit that comes after, if you actually want to get out of this situation, is you've got to talk to them about it, have the conversation about what you're looking for, put some boundaries in place. And then unfortunately, where, I'm not even going to say when you're ready. Unfortunately, it means walking away if they're not in the same place. Mm-hmm. Because you are doing yourself a disservice mm-hmm. if, what you know in your soul that you're ready for and that you want is a relationship and a long-term relationship, you've got to walk away. So no contact for six months, rip the band-aid off. I know this is so easy to say, but you've, you've, it's got to be done. The only way to get out of the situation that is not good for you if you've had the conversation and they say that they are not ready to take things forward is you've got to leave your commitment to yourself and what you want has to be stronger than your desire for the other person there is also some moments where it will just happen so if right now it feels impossible I'm thinking of the last person I ever had a situationship with and I just remember waking up in the morning I was meant to see them on like a bank holiday Monday they didn't show all of these things and on I remember the next day they're messaging like I only said I might come or something like that and I didn't do you know what I just stood I remember exactly where I was Clapham Common Mm -hmm. and I just stood there and just thought no like this is such a waste of my time and I never replied like never they never got in touch again either but they know like me not replying that was that never happened ever I never ever replied it was so unlike me but up until that point I had still been allowing the poor treatment I had still been engaging in it so and I had admitted to myself what I wanted but at the same time my behavior wasn't matching what I knew I wanted mm-hmm So I know this is getting a bit confusing, but if your behavior at the moment isn't matching what you want, do trust that it might just happen in that moment. Because it was just a moment, Caitlin. I literally was like, no. Yeah. So I think if you're honest with yourself enough for long enough, that action for you, because I didn't need to have a conversation with this guy. That was not going to be a relationship. Okay. I know that that goes a bit against that ideal advice of speak to them. Mm. There was nothing to speak to them about. Yeah, I think if you know in your heart that it's not going to go anywhere, then it, it's kind of up Walk to away. you. Yeah, and and I think just accept them that accept that it's going to feel quite shit yes. for a time. You're going to miss them. You've effectively had some so sort of. So this partner. is the next tip, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, this is tip three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because yeah you can tell how well my brain's working no but this is what I know we both do this we get so carried away so Mm. this is our next tip yeah next (laughs) tip guys except you might feel shit yeah yeah but look realistically you had some sort of relationship and partner experience with this person and as Carly said sometimes it's the the shorter things that hurt the most because you don't get to see the potential or how it ends or you know it's it's the killing of the hope isn't it so accept that even if you miss them it doesn't mean you've made the wrong decision Mm -hmm. I would say give yourself some grace give yourself a bit of acceptance lean into that and you know keep doing little things to choose yourself to remind you what you want in the future what you deserve what is coming for you I talk about this time that I felt 
lonely is what well, I remember it being loneliness at the time and I'm talking tears mm. I think I wanted to message someone I think that's what it was but I really was trying so hard not to and I remember sitting there thinking if I just don't message now I'm going to feel this feeling this loneliness that I'm feeling now which was like crawling out of my skin but I have to do this and when I woke up in the morning I'd got through it it did feel I would say it's like white knuckling not saying that's the best advice but it that's exactly what it was like and I never felt it that intense ever again and that was usually when I would either try and reach out to whoever it was I was in a situationship with, or I'd go on the apps. Yeah. And I didn't do any of them. I was just like, you're just going to sit this out. That's amazing. It was really uncomfortable, yeah. but I really remember that. I think it was loneliness at the time. I was like, this is loneliness. Oh, it's loneliness I need to feel. Yeah, even naming that emotion and actually, rather than immediately jumping, as you said, to the fix, yeah. just naming the emotion and sitting in it, even if it feels like a pile of crap, is going to you know it's like anything isn't it? the first thing we say is you've got to sit with whatever is making you uncomfortable to come out the other side of it because otherwise you're shoving it under the rug and kind of not getting that experience so yeah okay so quick fire then number one get honest with yourself be brutally honest with yourself number two have the conversation if there's any doubt in your mind of what it is Number three, sit with the discomfort. Yeah. Okay. I <laughs> have you finished? Yeah, I don't have any more. <laughs> Mate, I've got six tips here. No, my last one says block, delete, and move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got understand your attachment style. Okay, yes. Because I really do feel like, and a lot of what I'm saying I know is coming from this perspective because I was very insecure, very anxious. But ultimately, how you are within a situationship, your attachment style is going to affect that. If you're someone who's anxious, you're probably going to really struggle with it, seek the closeness, seek them, even if they are giving you crumbs. If you're avoidant, you're probably, you could have a lot of pros to a situationship. I was going to say, do you think if you are more avoidant you are going to be far more comfortable in the situationship because you've got the best of both worlds. You have that barrier. You don't have that kind of emotional dependency on you. You've always got the way out. Absolutely. you don't have the commitment, yeah. But same for the anxious because the anxious do seek out that person mm. to trigger that anxiety, not consciously before you'll come at me, <laughs> but unconsciously. <laughs> and I'm talking from experience. And obviously secure are more likely to do all of the things that we've just said anyway. Yeah. If you're secure, you're much less likely to be attracted to a situationship if that's not what you want. Do you have... So I think we've covered four quite good tips there. Yeah. And do you know what? I love that conversation on attachment and I want to delve more into that. So let's do that as another episode. Yes. Why don't we do that as our next one? Okay. So next week... Next week, guys, we'll talk all about attachment and actually how that can affect your dating experience and or if you are in the relationship, potentially even in situationships, what that looks like. Um, but today, what we want to end on is as we're coaches, we want you to take an element of action from this podcast. So every podcast, we're going to say to you, 
what is the inspired action you're going to take after it from it even if that is being honest with yourself what are you going to do to move your journey forward because we know you can consume all the information in the world but it's what you do after it that's going to make the difference so think about what you're going to do and let us know email us or <laughs> uh, messages on instagram or we'll link everything usual. yeah, yeah. We'll, it's all in the show notes anything else to add before we end carly no love that first episode of the new season we guys will be back <laughs> <laughs> okay bye